This is Hannah. This is Jennifer. And this is Amanda. And this is Dick Talk and Mimosas. And we're it's back. Going. It's going. <laughs> it's going it. and going. Hi, friends. Welcome back. Obviously, this is the three sexy, lovely vixens of Dick Talk and Mimosas. Mm-hmm. I'm Amanda. I'm Anna. Sorry. <laughs> She's got a mouthful of chocolate strawberries. She's got a mouthful of something. It's chocolate. I'm yeah. Jennifer. And on this episode, we shall talk about, you know, family dynamics and relationships and how that plays a part in your relationships, your intimate relationships, right? You know, um, really, what's what's daddy issues? What would you say a daddy issue is? Uh, not having a good relationship with your dad and mm-hmm. just kind of how that reflect on the men that you pick as you grew up. Right. Because, you know, I think every girl, it, whether they like it or not, honestly, there's subconsciously or consciously a link between your dad or your father figure in general mm-hmm. and how that you know reflects who you choose as a partner later on whether it's a man or a woman but they say you subconsciously a woman will subconsciously choose a man or a partner who reminds them of their father right i right. do not want anyone to remind <laughs> me of my dad however mm-hmm. i've made a lot of bad choices And, you know, obviously through like all the self-work that I've done or whatever, um, I discovered that I was picking partners that reminded me of my dad. I feel like I have too. Do you feel like that? I definitely have dated some people who remind me of my dad in some way. Like I I have a really good relationship with my dad and Mm -hmm. he's a wonderful man. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, yeah. And it's perfectly okay too. It's not like... Every dad is bad, and that means every girl's going to pick some partner that's bad or only pick partners based on their father's worst traits. It can be good, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. that's why you've picked, like, a bunch of, like, good men, and you've had good relationships, and you're not bitter like us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I've, I've dated one narcissist in my life, and that was several years ago, and I recognized that pretty early on, and I, I dumped him because he wasn't treating me well. Um, and that's a whole episode, by the way, on toxic narcissism. <laughs> that's a whole episode. Yeah. But um, shout out to the those. good fathers out there who are, you know, bringing up their daughters well and providing an example of how a woman should be treated, how, how a man should treat a woman, I should say. Yes. And yeah, and that's like a whole thing about like, you know, not only your relationship with your father, but observing your father's relationship with your mother. And with your siblings, I think, too, because um, the reason why this episode was born was because I was supposed to meet with my brother yesterday and a little background. uh, My younger brother and I, we have always been very close, but the last few years he has just become like super, like very controlling, narcissistic, gaslighting, like everything is like his, we're the highway and... I have not spoken to him since last July because last July I wanted to go surprise him um, in Seattle. I bought a ticket, everything. Which is where he lives, right? Correct. He lives in Seattle. And my parents were like, oh, we're going to go visit him. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a ticket too and surprise him. And I told him and he's like, "Um, you didn't ask for permission to visit me. Like you never told me like, like, no, you can't come. 
Like, you can't come visit me. And I'm like, why? He's like, because this weekend is not good for me. Or that particular weekend. And I'm like, well, my parents are going to be, like, our parents are going to be there. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, well, that weekend is for my parents. Like, you know, um, you're going to have to come another weekend. And I was like, you know what? Fuck you. So I ended up flying. Like, you guys share the same parents, correct? So, like, how is it his parents? Yeah. So. Our parents? Yeah. Question mark? <laughs> yeah. So I ended up going to Seattle with my parents mm-hmm. or our parents, with our parents. And I stayed in a hotel room by myself the whole weekend while my parents, our parents stayed with him. And what and did your parents have to say about this? Were they uh, trying they were, to be neutral? Were they on his side, your side? Like, um, where'd they, they stand? Well, so this is the other thing. So my parents were are very neutral and they didn't want to, like, upset him. But... Enable, yeah, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's always, you know, he's the baby of the family. He's always gone away with everything. So every, like his, you know, like his behavior now, like I always tell my parents, I'm like, you guys did this because you we always We should have a whole episode on the hierarchy of children, like oldest, middle, youngest children. And I fucking child. believe in that. Yeah. So. I'm the youngest too. So I can, I can confirm that we I'm the oldest. We do get away with a lot, being the I'm youngest. The I am. I'm also the favorite. But <laughs> I'm the I'm the middle. And I'm the oldest. I'm the one that they break the fucking wild horse in. <laughs> I'm the middle. I'm an only woman. So it, yeah, definitely. But going back to like family dynamics or whatever, I like seeing how my parents you know and you know like both my mom and my dad but particularly my dad how he treated me differently than my brothers it like really fucked me up growing up and again like seeing my younger brother get away with whatever the hell he wanted and have him say you cannot go out because you have to stay home and help your mom clean or stay home and like do the dishes or whatever and basically um telling me that I was like not worthy of you know having fun or whatever like as a teenager and that's why I rebelled hard when I got out of high school like once I turned 18 holy Fuck y'all bye shit <laughs> holy shit they were not ex- they, they were not expecting this but I also saw so <clears throat> this might be like you know I'm kind of like all over the place but for example my dad cheated on my mom three times right I think I might have told you girls, but the last time that it happened many years ago, like I see his treatment of my mom and I'm like, wait, I allow men to treat me like that. I mean, many years ago. Mm-hmm. So just like seeing all the similarities mm-hmm. is very, um, I mean, obviously you don't see them at the time because you're like, I, I would never allow a man to treat me like that. And right. then you're like, oh, shit, I'm dating my dad. But it's very complex. <laughs> it's it's yeah. not like just like that simple. Like uh, my dad cheated on my mom. Therefore, I'm not going to do that. Like mm-hmm. there's so many layers to that. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I don't know. Do you do you guys feel that you are in some way like a um, – I don't know. I don't want to say like following in your mom's footsteps, but any similarities with your mother's, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, my mom is very, my mom is an angel. She's always been like a amazing mom and a housewife and a, you know, wife. So I kind of like followed after her Mm -hmm. and always wanted to like 
be the pleaser mm-hmm. be like the servant and also like that's my that's my thing you know like mm-hmm. just my um yeah you're a nurse personality yeah. yeah so i'm always like trying to please and that's why i always kept falling for these guys mm-hmm. that ended up being like my dad because i was always trying to please them regardless of how they treated me mm-hmm. i don't know it's very uh Fucked up in the head. Yeah. Do you find similarities with yourself, either in the men that you seek or the woman that you are? I I definitely see similarities between myself and my mom. Um, and <laughs> some good, some not great. Um, Jenny. Yeah, my mom calls me Jenny. My parents call me Jenny. My childhood friends call me Jenny. If you called me Jenny now, I'd be like, "Who the fuck are you? Yeah. Were yeah, we in third grade together?" Yeah. Um, but my mom. So it's funny because like a, a couple years ago, she was dating someone, and um, she was uh, upset because he wasn't he wasn't texting her enough. <laughs> And uh, she would constantly text him and, and, you know, she just wasn't getting like the response that she wanted. And I think about myself, I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm my mother because I always my love language is words of affirmation. And I'm always feeling like I'm not getting enough texts or enough words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. And that is my mom mm-hmm. and even this even our style of clothing like she'll send me dresses in the mail and they fit perfectly and i love them and it's like oh my god how do you know this like, <laughs> i'm like your doll yeah. <laughs> like that knitted princess dress or blanket or she sent me this like knitted like princess dress that like she crocheted yeah, it was yeah. like crocheted and like, i perfect it's just my style it was like cinderella <laughs> no i never actually wore that um sorry mom if you're she doesn't listen um <laughs> listen to a podcast called dick talk and mimosas <laughs> but i love my mom it's just it's just scary how some things you notice mm-hmm. and it's like oh my god i am turning into my parents mm-hmm. i think yeah. so too as we've gotten older and i mean like aside from one thing that i have noticed though is that like aside from like all the bad you know like the upbringing or whatever like now as i've gotten older i feel like i'm picking up like all the good stuff too mm-hmm. like you're saying you know you pick up all the good things like um Let's say I'm trying to think of like shit that my mom does. Like, I don't know, like cleaning, things like that. Like all the good, <laughs> yeah. you know, the good traits. And I'm like, oh, that is such a thing that my mom does. But <laughs> something else I just I just remembered is something I noticed about what my dad was like or is like. Um, so he's very funny. He used to cook a lot um, growing up. And, and those, so, I think, are both traits in, like, every man you've ever been attracted to. Yeah. Is, like, cooking and humor. <laughs> I love funny guys. That and I true. Everyone cooks for you, I just realized. <laughs> and I love guys that cook. Um, <laughs> because my... Okay, so another similarity between my, my mom is my mom doesn't really cook a lot at least she, she doesn't cook a lot um god bless her she tries sometimes um and my dad did most of the cooking and so i found myself like not really cooking a lot and i'm really attracted to a man that can cook so um yeah those are the other things that i look for in partners i guess are they funny and can they cook something just occurred to me too now thinking about it how you're i think it also affects you as an individual or it's affected me as an individual like seeing how my parents treated me growing up because it was very different than my siblings I think growing up I equated that to okay well I'm not being treated fair like my siblings like my brothers because again like they were men and I 
think that's why I was kind of like a like a shitty person before where I'm like, well, I wasn't treated fair growing up. Like, I'm not going to treat humans fairly, like in general, mm-hmm. like whether it was like what you were taught. Yeah. Like friends or, you know, co-workers or mm-hmm. whatever because of how, um, because of, you know, because it's like ingrained in your brain, like, well, you're not equal and, you know, something that's going to be fair for you, it's not going to be fair for you. So Mm -hmm. I'm putting that out into the world. Like, I'm not saying like be mean or unkind or whatever, but Mm -hmm. just um, like seeing, like now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh yeah, like I used to treat people unfairly because I was treated unfairly. And I, and, um, oh, I think I told you girls this before, but okay. So before we met, like the three of us and we did like our program together, I had a horrible relationship with women mm-hmm. for that reason. Same. Like mm. I like I had a few like w- women friends growing up. But I mean it was just like my high school girlfriends, but mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why I had like really bad relationship relationships with women mm-hmm. was because of like how my parents, how my dad treated my mom and how I was taught like okay, like life is unfair. And, you know, you being a woman, it's going to be unfair. So I just always, like, gravitated towards, mm-hmm. like, male friendships. Mm-hmm. So. Same. I I honestly can't remember anyone that my mom was friends with mm-hmm. at all. Like, men or women or anybody. She was just, like, mm-hmm. isolated all the time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, for a long time, especially when I was younger, I had no girlfriends at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, like. I wonder how much you try to compensate, if you will, for like the things that like you, it takes a long time to recognize what it is, right? Like I finally recognize like my mom didn't have any female friends. I don't have any female friends. How do I fix this? Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of shooting from the hip here, but I'm wondering with love languages, because you just brought that up, how much are our love languages are a mirror of what we saw growing up or mm. an opposite of what we saw growing up. Because I, I honestly oh. feel like for me, my love language 100% is physical touch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like quality time, but I think honestly like my quality time concept is still involved with physical touch. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I feel like I got none of as a child. Mm. I was like forced to give my parents a hug before I went to bed and say goodnight. And it was always the most like bullshit, like goodnight, like, Mm -hmm. like tap kind of thing, Mm -hmm. like whatever. I, I have to do this. Not because worst kind of hug. Yeah. And mandatory hug. Yeah. (laughs) And, and for anyone that knows anything about love languages, what's the most harmful thing you can do to someone, the opposite of what their love language is. So like Mm. if yours is words of affirmation, if I say bullshit to you, it's like the most hurtful thing I can do because you value words of affirmation. So if I use words to hurt you, right. (laughs) And if Mm -hmm. you're, you know, love language is physical touch. The worst thing I can do is be like fake about physical touch Mm -hmm. or not give you physical touch Mm -hmm. or whatever. Like I can say like, Anna, you're a bitch. And you're like, yeah, fuck you. But if I'm like, yo, like, I don't like, don't touch me. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that being said, mm-hmm. I didn't get any physical touch growing up. I don't I, or know, I, I think about yes, it. I did, but in that forced sense, yeah. right? Like I never felt like genuinely like I like hugging my parents. I always mm-hmm. like just like I have to do it real fast so it can be over with so I can go to bed and like get out of here. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's now valuable to me. And do you think that either of you guys, like what's your experience with love languages? Is it a mirror? Like, did you see your parents really like this sense of love language and therefore you do that? Or is it filling a void for something that you felt like you didn't get when you were growing up? Well, now that you like mention it, I'm like mm-hmm. thinking about like my childhood and I think it 100% applies to me because even though in like my culture, like when you greet each other, like you always like kiss each other on the cheek, mm-hmm. like growing up, like we didn't hug, we didn't like really mm-hmm. touch. There was like none of that. Mm-hmm. It's not until now because like we're grown up and my parents have done their like their own self-development and they're all like worked on themselves. They were very touchy. Mm-hmm. Like we're very physical. Like genuine. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, we're like very huggy. Like, you know, like if I'm... Um, you know, because obviously I don't like live with my parents. So sometimes like they'll be like in the living, like in the TV room, like watching like TV in their like tiny two seater. And I'll just come and lay on them and be mm-hmm. like, touch me because yeah. I'm not going to see you for like a few weeks. Yeah. So yeah. But like, yeah, definitely growing up. No, I didn't get any of that. Like, so I don't it's even, like almost filling a void. Yeah. Or like a craving and like or now a that I'm desire. like thinking about it, like I don't even think I ever saw my parents ever like hugging, maybe holding hands here and there. But like same. My not parents showing were affection, not. <laughs> no yeah. kissing, like none of that. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I ever saw it. I so. when, when my parents were married, um, they divorced when I was about 12. I remember once I was like, I don't know, seven or eight. And I walked in and I caught them making out. And it was <gasps> the cutest thing. <laughs> And they were like, oh, I was like, oh, you know. Is this what adults do? I was like, oh, what are they doing? They're kissing? (laughs) It was the cutest thing. But at the time, I didn't realize, like, that's what adults do when they love each other. Um, And, yeah, I don't know how it speaks to my love language. I mean, I do love... You know, I even though my primary love language is words of affirmation, I do love physical touch. I mm-hmm. love holding hands. I love kissing and just like you know, come up behind me and hold me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really know where, where think, that comes from. Okay, let me ask you: Do you, were, like growing up, were your parents like? Did they ever tell you like I'm proud of you or like things of like that? Is that like how they show? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't remember like specifically, but I think it was a very generally supportive household and yeah. I was in like the marching band and I remember um they were generally nerd. supportive yeah I was a nerd <laughs> I was a theater nerd too I did theater yeah no they were generally really supportive um maybe that's why it speaks yeah. into your love language because yeah. my parents never fucking told me like if I would bring I was always like a straight a student and if I brought home like a b plus they would be like why is it not an a oh yeah my parents were like big time like tiger parents Oof. My parents were like the, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, oh my God. I don't know why I can't think of the word, but like non-existent, non, like don't care. Like, like not involved. Yeah. Neglectful is neglectful. what I'm looking for. Yeah. Where it was like, you know, did you fail? Okay. Then I don't care. <laughs> like oh, I don't care yeah. if it's good or bad as long as you don't have to do extra shit that costs more money. Mm-hmm. And my dad definitely had like a catchphrase, which was, you make a better door than a window because I'm standing in front of you trying to tell you something and I can't see the TV. So get the hell out of the way. (gasps) (laughs) Like the TV is more important than me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So here we are, you know, speaking on daddy issues. Right. And it's like, like, this is the kind of shit that somehow gets like just caught in the back of your head where it's like, I don't. I'm not like finding boyfriends that tell me like you make a better door than a window and like are more involved with their TV than me. But like that still is in there somewhere where it's like, 
I, you know, like I definitely have had in past relationships, like struggles with feeling like a priority. Mm-hmm. And it's like, regardless of if they are making me um, a priority or not, it's like the thing that I am paying closely attention to and feeling like I have the biggest issue with, right? It's like, I feel like I've been neglected. I've been abandoned. I've had these things. Mm-hmm. And so now that's the thing that I'm focused on not feeling. But by focusing on not feeling that, I'm like also kind of like overboard categorizing everything into feeling abandoned or feeling like neglected, Mm, right? Like anyone else in any normal relationship would be like, oh, you're not being abandoned. You're not being neglected. Like just Mm -hmm. because, you know, this person didn't talk to you for two days doesn't mean you're abandoned. But also like my like radar for that is like so attuned because I grew up with that and I like never want to feel that again. Yeah. So do you guys feel like you have things like that, that there's like something that like is so highly triggered that is you in your like brain know that it's not like really that big of a deal, but also like your trauma makes it a bigger deal than it is. I have the perfect example. (laughs) Duh. So, I mean, um, you girls know that I'm in therapy for mm-hmm. many things, but one of the one of the things that we have talked about is, you know, like my ex basically leaving me mm-hmm. for someone else. Mm-hmm. And that triggered a shit ton of like PTSD and trauma because of like not only like my oh this I totally forgot to mention this but like at some point I think we were like seven or nine years old my dad left my mom for like literally it was like two weeks but you know like when you're seven or nine that's like traumatizing yeah and you know like he ended up coming back yeah Yeah. a long time for a kid yeah um but point is um you know like obviously like with the relationship that I had with my dad and things that happened growing up with like not only him with other boyfriends when my ex left me in which I thought was a, you know, perfectly healthy relationship. And he was just like, well, I'm just going to go with someone else Mm -hmm. that just opened like a whole can of worms. And that's why I, you know, went back to therapy. And even in therapy, I'm like, I'm a fucking adult. I'm going to be 38. Like, I know this is not about me Mm -hmm. because like, I'm like, I'm the bomb. I mean, he (laughs) fucked up, but it's still like, in the back of my head, I'm like, shit, like, I'm never going to be good enough for anyone. Like, mm-hmm. I was never good enough for my dad. I wasn't good enough for this boyfriend. I wasn't good enough for that boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Blah, isn't that? So it's like constant. A lot of the, like the exercises and things that we do, it's about like constant reminders, like it's not you, you know, this and that. And it's about, you know, it's about what was happening to that person at the time. Mm-hmm. But um, as confident as I might be like, oh yeah, like I'm the shit and why would you do that? Like in the back of my head, I'm like, well, you know, everyone has walked out on my life. So why wouldn't he, you know, kind of like that, um, mm-hmm. uh, what's that, um, like self-deprecating almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, like to this day and mm. I'm, been dealing with this my whole life but it's definitely like less traumatizing now Mm -hmm. but at the moment when it happened of course it felt like you know the world was like on my shoulders and that's honestly what led me to the program where I met you guys because I was in a relationship where I was like okay I see a pattern I see a cycle I see that I'm the common denominator Mm -hmm. and it can't just be everyone else's fault like it's yeah these guys are bad guys but i am attracting these guys that are mm-hmm. shit 
And why is that? And how do I like source other people that are better for me and help me grow? Mm-hmm. And that's how, yeah, that's how I got into the, you know, program where I met you guys because I was just like, I, I, I can't do this again. I've been through this a couple times now, the same kind of bullshit. And I know it's wrong. It's not okay. It's like literally traumatizing relationships. And I can't keep doing this to myself. And it was the same thing. It was like, I, I know that I'm like not creating this, but I am maybe in a sense inviting this. Yeah, it's about, like, taking responsibility about, Mm -hmm. like, you know, that whole, like, being the source. Like, okay, so, you know, like you said, you're the common denominator. It's like, okay, what can I do Mm -hmm. to change this? Yeah. You know, and maybe, like, you know, it's it it could be, like, a bunch of things, but it's Mm -hmm. about, like, um, you know, like, when we talk about, like, self-worth. And it's like, well, maybe I'm attracting these people because what I'm putting out into the world is Mm -hmm. someone that's not worthy of receiving good things. Mm -hmm. So maybe if I change that conversation that I Mm -hmm. deserve good things, Mm -hmm. you know, that comes to me. This is so fucking random, but somehow this, (laughs) this literally, whatever you just said right now just triggered this. I was just talking to a friend yesterday, (laughs) and I just think that you guys would enjoy this analogy. I was literally talking about when you go to someone else's house and you see their bathroom. And I was like, if their bathroom is dirty and crusty and disgusting, mm-hmm. like you can just assume their vagina is the same way. <laughs> oh my God. That, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think like there's, yeah. there's things like externally that are like a mirror of you. Right. And mm-hmm. so like, that's a, like a good example where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm whatever I'm putting my bathroom. <laughs> To, like I bleach my shower. <laughs> um, bleach my vagina. Just yeah, because I, I, I went to someone's house and they had roommates, and she's like, "I can't wait to get out of here. Mm-hmm. This fucking place is disgusting. I can't stand living with these people." And you know, like I'm helping her pack to move out and everything. And I was like, "Can I use your bathroom?" And I came out of the bathroom. I was like, <gasps> "She's like, yeah, I know." She's like, "We literally had like a cleaning." person come and deep clean our house mm-hmm. one month ago and it was like every inch of grout on the floor and the shower and everything was black Ooh. and the the toilet and the sink and everything had hair and like shit everywhere it was just like the most disgusting bathroom it was like a public bathroom and yeah so i obviously See, if you keep up with the cleaning on like a weekly basis you don't have to go that hard no but this is like (laughs) this is exactly it like that's what you're putting out into the world this is what like you feel about yourself therefore this is the type of shit you're going to receive right like if you're that person that doesn't keep up with your hygiene or keep up with the cleaning in your apartment or keep a steady job or you're happy with your family or your whatever like if everything in your external life is garbage and shit like chances are this is what you feel about yourself and this is all a vicious cycle because you're attracting this bullshit because you feel this way about yourself but you feel this way about yourself because you keep attracting this shit like you got to just do the overhaul you got to just do like the like painstakingly like hard work and just get everything cleaned and cleared and organized and ready to go and then you'll see your life change Mm-hmm. And I think we've all gone through that process. It's so true. Like when I have a messy apartment, I feel anxious all the time. I feel depressed. And when my apartment is nice and clean and organized, I feel like, oh, 
Right, my life is good. And sometimes you need to accept the help to get the cleaning done. Yes, and sometimes I need my two best friends to support me in cleaning my fucking apartment. Send you to your room for five minutes of meditation. Go meditate. We're going to clean your house. Go meditate. We're going to clean your apartment. Um, Another analogy that I was going to use to what you use when I was telling someone, someone was making, they were not making fun of me, but they were kind of like mocking me because I do a lot of... You know, I listen to like a lot of motivational stuff. Again, mm-hmm. we've done like I do a lot of reading. Sometimes I listen to like, you know, a podcast on like psychology, life hacks, how to better my life to be a better human being. And one thing that I was telling this girl, because she's like, I want to be like you. And I'm like, you can. And this is the um, example or an um, analogy that I gave her. I'm like, think of your life as a trash can. And everything that you're suppressing is just trash. And what happens sometimes when you get too much trash and you don't want to take it out? You push it down into the trash can and you keep yeah. stuffing it. And then you can't it. get the fucking bag out. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what I said. I'm like, what you're doing is basically just like shoving all that trash in you until your apartment fucking stinks. You can't get the trash out. Like mm-hmm. you're trying to get it out. And what happens? You yank it out. It fucking rips, rips open. The it gets bag. everywhere. It's a disaster. I'm like, just take the fucking trash out every so often yeah like what's worse taking the bag out every three days or taking it out every seven days and then it rips open and creates a mess and you have to wash your trash can wash the floor and scrape everything everything up yeah yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's the perfect pick your battles like yeah i'm like no just like put out your trash every so often like you know just read a book right and like i feel like everyone's heard that analogy like surround yourself with people that you want to be like right Mm -hmm. except replace or (laughs) replace what the fuck is that (laughs) replace people All day we've been doing like seriously i don't i don't know what the hell's wrong with us Resplace people sagittarius sagittarius um replace people with everything around you instead of being like i surround myself with people that i want to be like also Think of the, everything else around you and how that reflects you, right? Like these people and relationships are a reflection of who you want to be. But so is your house. So is your car. So is your job. So are your bills. So are your like. Um, Oprah, please return my calls. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just think um, in that that term, you know. Your mm-hmm. relationships with your parents, with your siblings, mm-hmm. with your cousins, with your aunts, your uncles, everything, like all these relationships, these family relationships are a direct reflection of how you feel about yourself, what you attract in your life. And, you know, we can't change our family. And I get that. And mm-hmm. I have plenty of family that, oh, quite okay. honestly, I don't speak to, mm-hmm. just to be like completely fair. And, you know, I've tried and I've you know, like wanted at least a neutral relationship with some of the people in my family. But at a certain point, it's like I I have to evaluate how I feel after every interaction with these people. Mm-hmm. And there's just this toxicness. And I I the only reason that it's like okay, I, I believe that I like cut toxic- off toxicness or toxicity? Probably toxicity. Toxicness. Toxicityness. Toxicityness. Oh, I like that. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's one thing to be like, fuck them, they're assholes, I'm never talking to them. Because that's not taking that. responsibility. No. Mm-hmm. It's me trying to reach out, me trying to repair relationships, and it's not working. And then I say, you know you what? Tried. 
I tried. I forgive you. Mm-hmm. Like there's things that I am not okay with that you did, but I forgive you. I accept the responsibility that I have within this problem and I'm moving forward because mm-hmm. being stuck in a rut is is just as bad as like trying to force a relationship with someone who is constantly bringing you down, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I have quite a few people in my family who are like that, who, you know, push off a lot of burden within our family onto me as if I am the sole, you know, caretaker of all relationships within my family. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair. Yeah. And to come back for full circle with like the daddy issues, it's not just for like women. It also works for guys because yes. circling oh. back to the episode that we just recorded not that long ago, if by the time this episode comes out, like you will have listened to that. But what happens when like fathers don't have good relationships with their sons mm-hmm. on how to treat women? They what happens? Psychopaths. What happens? They don't respect women. Uh-huh. They uh, call you names. Uh-huh. Uh, like cunt or Like bitch. cunt or vagina. Pussy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they slide into your DMs mm-hmm. and called you more names. Take your clothes off. Yeah. No, thank you. They beg you for nudes and send dick pics. Yeah. And then, yeah, demand oh. you to take your clothes off and, and you say no. And they Just say, no. I wish you don't have sons because you'll fuck their friends. Mm. Just because... That's a prime example of how you are a direct mirror of probably whatever the fuck toxic combination your parents are. Mm -hmm. And that's also a reflection of how you not only have absorbed all that toxic, like, uh, role model, you know, you also have done nothing to change it. Because it's hard to change. I get it. But if you're making an effort... And you do something shitty and someone calls you out on it. And you're like, okay, you're right. Uh, like, how can we meet in the middle? Like, I'm sorry or whatever. Like, there's some sort of negotiation. But when you're just straight up like, fuck you, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear it. Like, you have no concern mm-hmm. for moving forward, for progressing yourself or any of your relationships. Yeah, including like friendships. Because mm-hmm. again, if you're like hanging out with like other dudes who treat women like that, you're not going to like do anything to change it. But if you're hanging out with people who want you to be a better version of yourself and call mm-hmm. you out and be like, bro, like that's not cool, then you might be like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. You know. Better. So if you are a father, please, uh, you have a big responsibility. Be or go- plan on being a father. If you plan on being a dad, please or a daddy. be or, or a daddy. Be good to your <laughs> sons and daughters. Yeah. Or you and don't, and you don't even have to be a dad or a daddy. You can just be a positive male role model on someone. It can be mm-hmm. someone that's like close in age to you. It can be a child. It can be anyone in between. But you get to step up and be a role model or an influence or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But if you see someone who is not progressing, lovingly encourage them and support mm-hmm. them into stepping forward. And that's just it. You get to lovingly and respectfully do it because who, I mean, sorry, I know there's things that I've done wrong and someone telling me, fuck you, you're doing this wrong doesn't make me change it. It makes me go, fuck you, no, I'm not. I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, exactly. So you have to know how to approach the situation Mm -hmm. and that's how you would want someone to change you. You know, like you can't go out and try to change people, but if you see a, a learning opportunity out there, a coachable moment, um, put yourself in their shoes. Like they think, like everyone thinks they're doing the best they can. Everyone's got a laundry list of problems and traumas and things that they're going through. Oh, I have an encyclopedia. 
<laughs> so, so knowing, knowing, and everything. Yeah, knowing that you don't know all of the things that they're going through, you get to just like assume that there's a whole yeah encyclopedia of things mm-hmm. that they're dealing with, and they're doing the best they can. We're all doing the best we can, right? Mm-hmm. But how do you encourage? Not tell, not dictate, not force. How do you encourage someone to step up and to be a better person? Mm. Mm. I mean, I know I'm a very, you know, I'm a very tough love type of person. You know me. Well, it works. Yeah, and that, that works. It for works some. for some people. But yeah. you, it's but like a learning style, that's right? What I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a learning style. Just like when you go to school, like some people are visual learners. Some people need to read things. Mm-hmm. Some people need to like hands on do it. Like you just have to know like what that person needs not what you want to give and it's just like the love languages right like i know what i want but i also know what my partner needs and what i want to give is different than what my partner needs it's the same with learning like i know how i want to teach you but how will you receive it so you get to you know experiment or ask or whatever but you have to be open to the other person actually being able to receive it and not just like forcing something that they don't hear Oh, no, I'll force it. <laughs> and, and how has that worked out? Oh Sometimes it does. Tough love, bitch. How's that worked out? Let me no. love you. No, yeah. Like, I always say, like, if I'm getting mad about, like, you know, not reaching your potential is because, like, I, like the matter I the matter I am is the more that I love you and care for you. How's that, how's that worked out? Has that helped you or them? Uh, ask. Why am I just well, see, because you just said tough love is your your way to learn. So I'm trying to give you some tough love. How's that worked out? I mean, sometimes it does. Sometimes, sometimes it, does. it does. I'm working on it. I'm working. Speaking on of it. daddies, we daddies. get to thank our liquor daddy. Mm-hmm. Liquor daddy. That is A the one daddy we love the most. We love <laughs> the most. Yeah. Our liquor real. daddy, the liquor fountain on on Fountain Avenue. Yeah, fifty two oh three. Fountain Avenue. Can we all do that at once? One, two, three. 5203 Fountain Avenue. You can also go to their Instagram page at The Liquor Fountain. You can download their app called The Liquor Fountain and get your booze delivered. Yeah, and you know, if you don't know what you want, download the app and then go to Ulysses Picks. And he'll tell you what to get because he Hmm. is always spot on. Yeah, make sure that you ask for recommendations and don't pick the cheapest... You mean, foot you wine? mean the foot wine that you got last time that got us <laughs> wasted? Oh, it didn't get me wasted because I didn't drink it. Yeah. Oh, no. I drank that and then some. And but I was yeah, so no. hungover the next day. It was oh hilarious. My God. We were like, are you dead? Are you alive? Should I go back <laughs> I over? I was at work at four in the morning. I had to be at work at four in the morning and I was dying. I can't I wait to go home and throw up. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, like um, ask them for the recommendations. They know what's best for you mm-hmm. and will not give you uh, food water. It's like a doctor, right? You don't like go like, I know what's wrong with me and I know how to fix it. You go to a doctor and you're like, yo, tell me what I need to do because you know best. You got degrees in this. That's them. The liquor yeah. doctor. The liquor doctor. <laughs> liquor daddy Prescribe doctor. Prescribe me some alcohol <laughs> <Yeah>. doctor. <laughs> Prescribe me some <laughs> And speaking of also daddies, we'd like to thank our sugar daddies on Patreon <laughs> who are supporting us monthly with money. Yeah. Um, sugar daddy doctors. Yes. 
our patrons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We love our patrons. We love our supporters. And if you are not a patron yet, you can go to the link in our Instagram bio. Mm -hmm. It's called Patreon. And if you click on that, you can become a patron and get exclusive content, photo shoots, shoots, early access to episodes, and also just the tip. Just the tip. But we also accept suggestions on what you want to do. Absolutely. And let's say you're not convinced, like, well, I don't want to sign up because you're not offering this. Like, tell us what you want in yeah. the Patreon. Yeah. You know? We're open to suggestions. Yeah, we're open we're to We're wide open. Yeah. I'm wide open. Yes. All right. And with that. And with that. Until next time. <laughs> Bye-bye. Go suck some dicks. Meow, meow. Oh, sex uh, audio. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Put it in me. Question mark?